2: What's better than this, guys. Me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast. It's Show Marino and Kyle Krabs. We are your host, Chris Schubert. You're floating around producing this thing. We are from the Draft Network, and we're brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You will always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online, and as your continued source for all sports wagering information. Bet Online features live betting. Free contests and giveaways all season long. So head to betonline.ag and join, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAF. That's B L E A V to receive your rewards. It's betonline, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National
1: Brownie Day to you. Oh, what? Is, I know you and I have had this conversation. Happy National Brownie Day to you. Thank first you. Of thank all. you. Uh, but top set up for a brownie needs what you walnuts. need chunks walnuts see this is, i knew chris we had a conversation about chris's palate yesterday and we'll be while you're down there so i knew not a I whole lot to get was, into right
2: <laughs> not much to <sighs> it
1: so yeah it's football and and food over the two talking points throughout the course of that trip but um we talked about chris's palate and unsurprisingly chris is already disgusted with the assertion that walnuts go in almonds so chris Perfect kind of brownie is what?
0: Just give me a double chocolate brownie,
1: like I just. Why'd you say it like that?
0: Just give me a brownie. I don't. I don't really. Give me the cosmic brownie that you can get at it's the store.
1: Delicious double chocolate brownie. Those are good. What about you? Cal? So you like chunk? Do you like chunks?
0: Chunks of what?
1: Like ch- chocolate or? Why did you say it, it like, like that? Chocolate. Not chocolate. Chocolate.
0: I don't want any almonds any walnuts, walnuts, I don't need any of that in there. No, no, thank you. Give me if that is in your brownie, I will pass.
1: Give me chocolate peanut butter swirl.
0: Peanut butter. I'm out. I'll go to I'll I'll get peach cobbler instead. Okay, Okay. that's fine. It's fine. It's not a problem.
2: So you get offered a brownie with
1: walnuts. You say keep it.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. I'm
1: okay. See, here's the here's the nice thing about brownies, though. You can totally pick around nuts if you wanted to. Like you could pull it apart and like zhuzh them out and flick them away and then just eat the rest of it and not be impacted at all by its presence in the in the baked good. You don't want to do that? Chris is going to say, no, I don't want to work for my food. <laughs> nope.
2: All right, so we got the weekly watch list. The weekly watch list. top five Heisman ballots is going to get a little spicy in here, I'm sure. But there's, there's only one college football game, Army-Navy, right? And they are... They are wearing some elite uniforms once again. The army uniforms are terrific in this ball game.
1: They always are, though. They always are. They always are. They break out the big guns for this one. Um, I guess, pun intended, right? Armed services, big guns mm-hmm. for the uniforms. <laughs> I thought it was Chris funny. is shaking his head big time. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't like that. I I am casually contemplating going to this game. Oh, it's in Philadelphia. Uh, Brooke's
2: going Brooke Kermer from the draft yeah. network.
1: Yeah. So yeah, she's tried to talk me into, into committing, uh, every time we've brought it up, I've seen her Brooke twice in the last couple of months. And she's like, yeah, you gotta come. And it's like, I know it's, it's, it's if you have not gone to a single army Navy game as a football fan, it should be on your to-do list. Um, the, the pageantry is outstanding that the, the energy, regardless of where they play it, whether they play it in Baltimore, whether they play in Philadelphia, doesn't matter it's, it is an awesome, awesome kind of pageantry of college football and um, probably a, a more pure for the purists of college football and playing for the love of the game. Like that's really what, what this game is, is about. Although we will have a couple of NFL prospects playing in this game, most notably Andre Carter, the defensive end with army, um, but I I do have a little bit of a take here if okay. you like it. Yeah, we'll take takes. I there there's a player on Army's defense that I think I would rather have <laughs> on an NFL roster than Andre Carter. And Andre Carter is a fringe he he's an early day 3 developmental type for me personally, and that's just kind of my appetite for for his skill set and development and how how he'll need to grow. But there's a player who I think could be a an absolute dog on special teams who I think could be a, a reasonable uh, NFL defensive back as well that that really propped and I, I haven't heard anybody talk about this guy. So I want to give him a little love. Does it does do you recall the name? I remember Joe?
2: you you talking about this player, but I don't know his name.
1: It's Marquell Broughton, defensive back safety number twenty. So when you have Army Navy on, just just look for number twenty and find all the ways that this dude gets around the football. And tell me this dude can't play in the NFL. All right. There's a
2: prospect to watch there for you. Got a couple.
1: The NFL slate
2: kicks off tonight. Baker Mayfield and the Rams. (laughs) Jeez.
1: What a world we live in. Against
2: the Raiders who have won three in a row, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yes, they have. (laughs) They got hot. Um.
2: Not that we ever want to make this the AFC East podcast, but there's some pretty big. We're not imp- allowed to.
0: Well, We're not, you, you and I are not allowed to pick that game. Kyle would have to pick it in order for it to be discussed. We
1: can't do it. Oh, Joe. It's against okay. the rules of the show. All right. Well, um, well, you, we can acknowledge what games are being played. Right. That's all I was trying to <laughs> say there, Christopher.
2: Uh, yeah. Jets and Bills. <laughs> one o'clock. A big one there. Uh, Vikings Lions. I think there's a clinching opportunity there for the Vikings. Right. To clinch a division, if I'm not mistaken, if they win that ball game. Eagles-Giants.
0: Eagles-Giants feels very important if the Giants are going to keep this ship afloat here and stay in the mix.
1: Oh, Chris, you went there. I did. I did. Joe's
0: not going to like it. Joe's going to be like, they've already overachieved. They already won seven games. I get it. I I understand. But if they want to make the playoffs, we got to play better football than what we're playing right now.
2: They got two of their last five against Philly, which is not great. Um,
1: right. I mean, you 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 start looking at what's down the road, and I mean, you you feel like they're not getting a win really hurt them, right?
2: Against the Commanders last
1: week, yeah, a it's tie. better. Than, yeah, it's
2: better than losing. I, that's one thing, but they've only got one win in their last five ball games, which is not where you want to be.
1: And they're a half game. They're a half game for being out of the playoffs right now. Yeah. So it's pretty. Man, I, I guess we could we could pull up Tankathon and look at remaining strength of schedule, but knowing that Philadelphia's on there twice for the Giants is going to just dramatically yeah. skew that.
2: The good news, though, is the last game is at Philadelphia, and you wonder if Philly doesn't Philly's have the one seed up. box. Yeah, they, they probably will. So if you if you can split, how whatever way it looks like, split with Philly, you still have another shot at the Commanders, then you have the Vikings and Colts. You like to think you can win – I think they win at least two more games. Um, will that be
1: enough? The the Giants have the second most difficult remaining strength of schedule.
2: Yeah, two eleven and one like the Eagles factored in twice, and the in the Vikings. Yeah, they're yeah uh,
1: their their strength of, remaining strength of schedule is seventy one percent. Yeah, that's win tough. percentage.
2: That's tough.
1: So the the urgency should be here, right? Like it's y'all got to move if if you're you're going to get in it's a race to probably 9 in the NFC for the wild cards
0: oh i've already got my selection for the sorry don't mean to interrupt i've already, I already oh, found my selection dude for the, you're doing other, the thing before I the did. thing i am i Chris found breaking
1: it you little rules. rat
2: you you mentioned kind of a, a got to have it game how about this bucks 49ers game um you know the 49ers and whatever this team's going to look like with with Brock Purdy as their quarterback um Tampa is probably just going to stumble into being the the South champions, but
1: But I they got she, a chance to put it away now.
2: They do. They right? do. Yeah. Meanwhile, Panthers and Seahawks is another game. Like if Carolina can steal that game, it it impacts this whole cluster of teams that are on that are vying for the six and seven seeds in the NFC.
1: You know what would be the most quintessential? 2022 NFL season thing to happen here. What you got? The entire schedule cannibalizes themselves, and the team with the worst record wins. Doesn't that feel like what it's been all year? It's it it's could. just like yeah. there, there's very little like le- legit separation. There's only a handful of teams that are separating themselves. But we, I mean, we wrote teams like Cleveland and the Raiders off and left them for dead, and they're yeah. there are two games under 500 with a chance to win games this week.
2: Yep. Browns with the Bengals this week and the Raiders have uh, the Rams tonight. So
1: I, I would
2: I would think that there's some some wins coming for both of
1: those teams. And and oh, by the way, like there's a five and seventy. I didn't mention the Lions as a team that is hashtag we our have Lions. left for dead. Uh, hashtag our Lions. They are uh, betting favorites against the Vikings at home this week, despite Isn't Minnesota crazy? having a clinching. Scouting. Crazy. Yeah. I bet Let's they win go. too. I bet they win too. I bet they do.
2: They'll give them hell. They'll give them hell. But we'll see. we'll see. Playing good ball, man. Vikings defense stinks out loud. Stinks.
1: Oh, by the way, the Steelers are also five and seven, and they're playing the Ravens without Lamar Jackson. Ooh. And the Steelers are at home. So the Mike Tomlin five hundred thing it's is alive. very back, on, su- very it's back suddenly. on the menu, boys. Back <laughs> on the menu. Oh, it's it's wild. But but I mean that's. Like, would it surprise you if Pittsburgh wanted home against the Ravens this weekend? No, not at all. I think we're expecting the Raiders to win on the road against the Rams with what that situation looks like. Right. I would agree. Um, I don't think it's crazy based on how well the Browns played against the Bengals the first time. Now, I think the Bengals are playing much better football this time than when they played each other the first time. So, But it's not crazy. The Lions are betting favorites. So kind of case in point, like, there's all these teams that are kind of playing for their playoff lives against teams that have more favorable records, and, and the urgency is going to be there. I mean, the, the Chargers at 6-6 six and six playing the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football. Chargers can win that game. Pretty, I, I see a fairly direct path for the, the Chargers to win that game. They All of a sudden, they need 7-6, right? Everybody just, like, crunches back together by another game. Nah, don't need it. Yeah, Don't Chris, need any of those Chris, things to happen. Chris is an avid Dolphins fan this week.
0: Huge Dolphins fan this week. Couldn't be a bigger Dolphins fan this is week.
1: Is the thought process there bury the
2: Chargers as far as you can? I
0: want the Patriots, Chargers, and any team that could threaten the seven seed for the New York Jets. I need them buried. The teams in front of me winning? Doesn't matter. Can't impact the Jets. They can't take the spot from the Jets. The teams behind the Jets can take the spot.
2: Well, what, so what's your appetite for this Ravens Steelers
1: game? My appetite is go Ravens. I've tried to explain to him that with the Bengals playing as good as they are right now, Baltimore's going to fall off the pace a little bit. They have not but, been
0: sure to the five seed, which is where the Bengals are right now. Again, a team in front of the Jets. I don't care. Okay, about teams what happens in front. if
1: the, what happens if the Jets beat the Bills and the Ravens lose to the not Steelers? happening, not happening. You so let's let let's talk about Jets Bills. I'll bring it up. I'll go ahead and bring it up. I think obviously from a leverage perspective it's a high stakes affair uh the bills moving into first place in the conference standings with the chiefs lost last week um the jets trying to hang on to that playoff berth there's obviously a lot on the line here the jets won the first game i'm highly interested Uh, obviously the bills are at home Joe, what do you think the Bills will do most different this time around than the first time around?
2: Uh, have Matt Milano and Jordan Poyer in the lineup instead of Jaquan Johnson and Terrell Bernard. I think that'll be a significant boost to the defense, and the Jets really did a good job of of isolating some of those matchups, and Zach Wilson played a very efficient game, and the Bills struggled to tackle, and I think you, you have a, a different scenario with those two players in the lineup, not to mention Tre'Davious White is now kind of ramped up to to being the starter again. Um, so I think that'll help the Bills on defense. And then offensively, it was kind of in a lull for the Bills where it was they were they turned the ball over three times in an eight game stretch with the Jets right in the middle of that. And they've kind of corrected that. They've only turned over the ball twice in the last three games. All three games, the Bills have won, and so. I think a, a, an offense that has found itself a little bit more with, with a defense that has key players in, in Milano and Poyer back, where you can directly look at Michael Carter and how he was able to exploit some of those matchups, I think that'll help help the Bills. But for the Jets, I mean, obviously Mike White has been able to elevate this offense. Garrett Wilson's playing out of his mind. Their offensive line has gotten healthy with George Fant back in the lineup. When the defense has been lights out all season long, last time they played the Bills, they held them to 17 points. And I think 331 yards was the lowest uh, amounts the Bills have had all season. So uh, that second division game will always be telling. And we'll, so we'll find out some things about the Bills and Jets on Sunday. Chris has nothing what to else say? Have?
0: or Chris, oh, Chris you has nothing w- yet. I mean, what, what do you want me to add to this? I You know, I, I, we, I'm in a new era of a quarterback. He's paid, played the Bears and played well and won. He's played the Vikings well and lost. There's no moral victories anymore. They have to have this game. And in a game they absolutely have to have. I don't know if I'm there yet with this team. This team has exceeded every expectation known to man. But I don't think they have been in this position yet at all in the Robert Sala era. So I don't know what to expect from them on Sunday. The defense hasn't played well in the first half of the last two weeks. There are there are concerns and being 7 and 6 going into then a stretch against Detroit and Jacksonville is very scary. I just it's not a situation I think you want to be in.
2: Well so so that's is that why it's a have to have game for the Jets is because you're concerned about Lions, Jaguars, Seahawks, the, Dolphins?
0: The math is the math. They need 3. And I don't they've got they need 3. They've got five what five opportunities left to get 3? You do the math. You lose. Well, yeah, this one.
2: It, it certainly makes it tougher, right? It make it creates more urgency to get three wins. But and then you start to have doubt the because season's then
0: the season's tanked. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. But the, you, the, the, you create the urgency of now we have to have this one, and the one we were supposed to have last week we didn't have. So what makes me think this one is the one we're going to have? Again, what? I'm not. Tr- I'm not trying to do the skies falling. I'm not trying to be that sure. guy. But the math is the math, and they needed to go one and one in this stretch against Minnesota and Buffalo, and losing the way they did last week, it can go one of two ways. It can galvanize them, and they can play well, or they could view it as a missed opportunity, and it could linger into this week.
2: I think that Jets-Lions game next week is like low-key a game I can't wait to watch to see that, that Lions I'll offense agree. against the Jets defense. I think that's going to be really, really good.
1: Um, Before we get into the dude's underdog money line parlay of the week, um, which shout out to Joe for hitting his pick and everybody else was homers last week between Chris and myself and that didn't work out great for either one of us. I feel like we should acknowledge what we did yesterday.
0: Oh, yeah, oh. we probably should. Yeah, <laughs> On we the probably podcast. should. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. What'd you, I don't know what we did. Chris, what did you do with that podcast?
0: I put a... So <laughs> So for those who don't know, we're recording the Thursday show here on Wednesday, and the Wednesday show has just been released. I put The an Wednesday editor's show
1: note. was recorded on Tuesday.
0: Right. So I I got on the show before the intro music played, and I said, hey, Smart. editor's note, we recorded this beforehand, so don't troll us too hard, basically is what I said. We created a whole bucket for a guy, and then he got fired 20 right. seconds after we finished the show. Literally, literally within it 10 was, minutes of us finishing yes. the recording, he got fired. Yeah.
1: John we Buck. we spent 15 minutes debating the merits of John Robinson, and then we created the John Robinson bucket for the GM tier maker, and then John Robinson got immediately fired.
0: <laughs> by the way, Joe, by the way, I even strong, more strongly than yesterday do not want Joe Douglas in that bucket anymore. I don't want him in that bucket.
1: <laughs> I'll
2: tell you, though, if I'm a Titans fan, I'm fired up. I'm excited. I think John Robinson's held your team back. I know the results are the results, but the goofy stuff that he's done with the draft picks – letting guys go, nobody ever signs an extension, Julio Jones, Jadavion Clowney, Vic Beasley, come on now. A.J. Brown, this guy's got more black eyes than any GM not named Steve Keim or Bill Belichick. I know this success is the success, but I think that's more about Mike Vrabel. I think more Mike Vrabel influence on this football team is good.
1: I think if anything else, it had to be incredible vindication for that entire conversation to hear that, the Titans had enough concerns about the direction of the franchise or had enough concerns about the relationship with Mike Rabel mm-hmm. based on the, like the AJ, AJ Brown just teabagged you, right? Like <laughs> just destroyed you. The can previous you say game. That
0: and, can you say that? I'll keep it in, but I just didn't know you could say that. <laughs> it's the gaming,
1: like the, the halo. No, I know what you're talking about.
0: I just, I yeah. just,
1: okay, sure. Is that frowned upon? I don't, I, didn't I just that thought that I upon. thought maybe there
0: was a celebration he had missed. That was what I was.
1: No, there, there was no actual like he didn't physically do it, but okay. he, he proverbially did because <coughs> he dumped on dist- him for sure. He, he destroyed the the Titans, right? Just best game of the season, just dominant and uh, probably reopened some wounds to, to sit there after the game and walk back to the locker room and think about AJ and the other side and Mike's price fuming over that and. <laughs> um the the foil and the timing at all is is if nothing else incredibly ironic but um yeah if it really came down to the organization having a healthy relationship with Mike Rabel or retaining job Robinson I know what I'm picking mm-hmm. and it it probably would have been what the the Titans selected themselves so uh,
2: before we do our um, underdog Dude's underdog, money line yeah. parlay of the week. Kyle, what's the vibe check on Dolphins Chargers? This is a big game in the AFC. Flex to Sunday night football. Yeah. Um, I, I can't wait to watch it. I, it there's, Go it's Dolphins. Com- it's compelling for a number of reasons. Uh, what's what's the vibe check uh, from you?
1: I I'm going to use this platform to casually reach out to head coach Mike McDaniel. <laughs> I'm going to ask for a favor. Michael, Oh, he said Michael. He called him Michael. Run football, <laughs>
2: right?
0: Run the ball.
1: This is the Browns game again, right? This is the My Browns guy, game again. You ran for one ninety-five <laughs> against the Browns, and right. you've run for ninety-nine yards combined the following two weeks. The Chargers in their last ten games are conceding one hundred and seventy rushing yards yeah. on average. Multiple two hundred-yard performances. I know you got Tyreek Hill. I know you got Jalen Waddle. Run the ball. Please run the ball. More than eight times in a game. Otherwise, you're going to look up at the clock and wonder, well, gee whiz, how did we have 18 minutes and 42 seconds of time of possession in another football game? Now, high stakes affair, like you said. And, um... It sounds like Teron Armstead will be back. He was close to playing, according to Mike McDaniel, this past week. The Dolphins signed Eric Fisher and placed Austin Jackson on IR, um, which, you know, if Fisher can work into the lineup, I don't think that'll be this week, but that'll be something to watch. Uh, Tua was banged up. Waddle was banged up. They're both fine. Uh, so for Miami's purposes, it's really, you know, Heat up Justin Herbert in the same way that the Raiders were able to do it. Because the Raiders got after Herbert big time last week. And I know they were without Corey Lindsley and they were without Trey Pipkins. But for the Chargers, it has a lot to do with health. Uh, Because they lost two starting linemen and Mike Williams didn't play last week. How many of those guys do they get back? That's a big storyline. But Miami has the capability to run the ball. And I would hope that they come out and... Kind of re embrace that because your rubbers meet the road here, right? And you don't want to have to go into Buffalo next week on a two-game skid, worrying about falling to eight and six when you were eight and three. You don't want to live that life. So there should be urgency for this team, uh, for the Dolphins. Pers- obviously, the Chargers, y'all gonna win. Y- y'all probably gonna go four and one over the stretch to make the playoffs, or the final stretch to make the playoffs at this point. But for Miami, the next two games are gonna decide whether or not the Dolphins have any chance at the AFC East or not. If you're gonna do it, you gotta win both.
2: I I would hate to be a fan of the Dolphins or Chargers in this game because it just it feels nerve wracking, high stakes, interesting how the teams match up with one another, but as a fan of football, I can't wait to watch it. Should be a really there, good are gonna be a there. lot of points, and the, oh, there's gonna be a lot of points. It's it's gonna be one that you're not gonna wanna have any distractions. I will make sure everything I have to do is cleared by the time this one kicks off. So
1: uh, it is the second highest game total line of the week over at Bet Online by half a game. Or half speaking a Speaking of that. <laughs>
2: Drafted dude, underdog it, money in.
0: line
1: parlay of the week.
2: You know what I hate? I hate that the Patriots are favored against Arizona because I thought that was a low hanging fruit to take. And I can't I don't have it. It's not at my disposal.
0: Yeah, you can't do it. I hate that. All right, so who's the
2: contenders? The Chargers are are dogs at home.
0: Oof. Yep. I don't for the for the juju of the show. Can we do that? I don't know if we can. If any of us can do that, because Kyle's well, not going to do it, and I'm not going to do it.
1: Of course, you're not. right. I, I have enough other options that I now. If if you told me you were going to take the Chargers money line at plus one fifty, would I think it's a bad bet? No.
0: T- Tampa against Brock Purdy and the Forty Nine ers feels like it could be a potential. Option that's a, not my that's option. I've already picked mine in my head. So oh,
2: if, if that's on the table, I'm taking that. Give give yeah, me the yeah. Uh, they're they're plus one sixty two. Yeah, give me give me uh, Tampa. Tampa. Give me okay, Tampa. Okay, so Joe's in for San Tampa. Kansas going to win. Yeah,
0: Joe's in for Tampa. Chris, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, I'm, I listen. I did a big board, and we're doing big boards today on the show. Way back on October fifth, we did a top five free agent quarterback options for the Giants. Big board. You know who I had number one on that list? I had a guy who was the backup quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, Tyler Huntley. He's now the starter for the Baltimore Ravens because they're not going to have Lamar Jackson. They're on the road against Pittsburgh. They are the underdogs. Give me the Baltimore
1: Ravens.
2: Oh boy. Kyle, you're what do you I mean, I feel for you. What Vikings is the Vikings? I, mean, I, I
1: could take the Minnesota Vikings plus one twenty. Um That's probably the most appealing one. I mean, Carolina plus 172 is not bad, but I hate that that's in Seattle. Cleveland plus 210? Yeah, I don't uh, feel good about that. No, I, I, I watched Deshaun Watson play last Sunday. I saw what he looked like. Well, you I'm not, not going like to, I'm to not gonna bet years. him to win a game <laughs> against Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Angels. hell Bengals. no. Right. <laughs> Congratulations on scoring three points offensively.
2: <laughs> looked like you hadn't played in two
1: years, man. Right. Right. <laughs> He threw him almost, almost as many picks as he threw, scored points.
0: I will say, Kyle, you could do the you could do the thing where you take the Chargers to just have a win win for yourself. Either the you know Dolphins, what, I, win I'm the absolutely game, not going to do that. And if they the, don't win, the game win, is, then the game is you get off the board. For me. Okay,
1: the fine. game is off the board for me. All right. If I was doing that on my own, maybe, but I'm already dependent on you two Wahoos. So we picked two good ones. Those are we have two good selections. I think man. so right, too. But, but the fish aren't in the boat. I'm saying if you if you're for already locked and it's like okay, Kyle picked the Monday night game all by yourself and okay, we'll we hedge know we yeah, yeah. guaranteed okay, that fair. we went then I'd, I I would hedge, but I'm not going to do that. I think I'm going to do something I'm going to regret instead. You going to take the Giants? I am, why the hell would I take I don't the know giants? you said
0: regret. I'm trying to figure Just out what you're yeah. going
1: to <laughs> I'm taking talk. the Cardinals at home. Oh, oh no. good. You got taking the again. Cardinals at home.
0: <sighs> Kyler Murray
1: Patriots Come struggle on, with mobile quarterbacks. Now we at have times. to wait.
0: So now, <sighs>
1: yes, oh, God. we don't even think no. about it
2: until the next week on Wednesday. Are you kidding? We
1: have to wait What's to not... find out like we're not going to lose both of the other two right. on Sunday and like know we're that gonna it's be busted already and busted up already. I actually hope that I hope that you do do hit, so we can record the Monday show with the suspense of is the dude's underdog <laughs> money line parlay finally going to hit for once? So eight. I'm going card Cardinals at home. DeAndre Hopkins, he's an elite football player. Kyler Murray's style of play I can see being problematic if he can get outside the pocket against the Patriots. The Patriots' offense is no good, putting it mildly. Gimme the cards at home. Unconcerned about the Patriots' ability to make you pay through the year. That is a Gimme the cards. Plus eleven
0: fourteen. Three team parlay. might be the highest one we've had yet because he took the Bucs are I actually took. the worst odds. Yeah. Of the three. So Joe's the, the one with the quote unquote riskier
1: play, but the Cardinals are one point underdogs at home. They're plus one oh six. So I mean that that's as close to about as close as you can get to to net zero there. So don't don't blame me for juicing these odds.
2: All right. Big board time. Top yeah. five I, do have, a, I, I have a small
1: wee-woo. I have a
0: small wee-woo. Okay. Small wee-woo. Uh, Jeff Brom looks like he's going to become the next Louisville football head coach.
1: Okay. A Brom so at Louisville.
0: Didn't he
2: gloss over this opportunity last time and now he's taking it?
1: I believe so was committed I to Purdue.
2: Okay.
0: I just shared in the news, you know, Joe. No, no, it's I
2: it's not <laughs> Chris, you're not accountable for my reactions, okay? okay. You're just, all right. You don't have to like live in that world.
1: Oh, I've I have a fun, I have a fun question before we go to this is I'm sitting here perusing bet online, was looking to see if they had the Heisman odds still up. But I found a, a prop bet. Over, under five and a half wins for the Colorado Buffaloes this upcoming season. Under. I'll take under. over. I will take the over as well. Let's look at the schedule. I'll pull it up right now.
2: <laughs> Who plays for what team?
1: Here, Nobody knows. Here's, the, here's I mean, what they you, have. You know, you know, every quality starter at Jackson State is, is coming to Colorado, and he's going to so, get hella good freshmen. Here's their non-conference slate. At TCU, Nebraska, Colorado State. Okay, they'll beat Nebraska, and they'll beat Colorado State.
0: Maybe. To they, have to go, they have to go to ASU. They have to go to Oregon. They have to go to UCLA. They have to go to Utah. They have to go to Washington State. I don't like that. Do they that.
1: play I mean, any home games?
2: Maybe one or they, two games there. It's
1: not in order. We don't have that. They're not in order. I'm just I'm doing it. I, yeah, road. I understand that. I'm just wondering, do they have any home games? Because at, we've covered an alarming portion of the schedule, and they play all these brutal teams at home. Or on the road. At at home, they get Arizona, Oregon
0: State, Stanford, USC, and that's it. Okay, so they're going
1: to win Arizona, Stanford, Colorado State, Nebraska. That's four. Good luck finding the other one.
0: They're not winning a single road game. They're not going to TCU. They're not going to ASU. I'll take that
1: bet. Well, yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, doesn't will a nah, I'm not. I won't put it in the books for 2023. I'm not. Put me down. Put me in, I, Coach.
0: I'm smart enough to know that that's, I'm a, that's a, ready
1: to play. those are
0: terrible odds for me. They say that. Then why did you every, say it out loud? Because I I believe it, but I don't believe it's strong enough to make the bet. So you gotta be smart, you know.
1: Coward. I'd call you something else, but I don't want me get edits It's for you. So that's the schedule. All
2: right, Heisman ballots, five of them. This is not predictive. This is our ballots.
0: That is Most I struggled with player. this.
2: Oh, my God. I struggled so as, hard on this. It was a nightmare. Night. I say I, my ballot is submitted with no conviction. Please please understand that.
0: You, I have five names down. There are five names that are off the list that could potentially you could convince me to put on the list at any sure. point during this process. So I'm w- very willing to change this as we go. Number five. Joseph.
2: Number five for me, Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver, Ohio mm. State. When I think about outstanding football players, I think about Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, on the receiving end of a lot of those C.J. Stroud passes. I thought he was dominant uh, for most of the season. I thought he was awesome. Had to put him on my ballot.
1: Blake Corum coming in at number five Ooh. for me bit of a bummer that he went down with the injury that he did and, and would have loved to have seen his influence on the Ohio state game. Obviously he, he tried to go. I respect the fact that he tried to go. Um, But the, the, him being one of the straws that stirred the drink for much of the year for Michigan offensively, I have a great deal of respect for, obviously he's put up the production, the production speaks for itself. Um, But I, I do think ultimately the fact that Edwards has, taken the role and had success in the two games since um, prevented me from placing him higher, which is where my gut instinct initially was to, was to put him top three. So, so he slides a little bit to five for me, Blake Corum.
0: five for me, Joe, you, you put a wide receiver number five. How about a wide receiver that caught more passes than Marvin Harrison, jr. More yards than Marvin Harrison, jr. Caught a couple less touchdowns, but played on a worse team but was so good. He's my guy. I gave her, she rice some love here at number five. Mm. Ask me about.
2: Is that well, Kyle, uh, between you and I, you think there's another uh, mid major player on the list for Mr. Schubert
1: Um, I'll for Chris himself? Yeah. I'll say he's got one more. You think he sneaks? one who, who would it be if he snuck one in
2: uh, Dwayne McBride? He'll tell us that he led the nation in rushing.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Um, Wait, was, was was that it? Was that a veiled shot at why I put Rasheed Rice on my ballot?
1: No, I thought about okay, Rasheed okay. Rice. Yeah, no,
0: okay. I don't. I don't okay. have
2: any issues with it. Okay. All right, number four for me, quarterback Michael Penix Jr. over at Washington wow. led, led the nation in passing yards. But that's not the only reason why I put him on there. I think he's been awesome all year, making some big time plays. Uh, no cheap production, just ripping the ball down the field. I had some quality wins along the way. I mean, the production is simply outstanding, and I I thought he was a dominant passer. I mean, look at – if you just look at his game log, I mean, this guy shows up with 300 yards in in, in three, four touchdowns every single week. So uh, I was really impressed with the season he had. He gets uh, the number four spot for me.
1: Okay. Uh, For me, number four was Hendon Hooker. Uh, Hennon Hooker throughout the 10, what, t- uh, it was about 10 and a half games. I know he played into the second half of the South Carolina game before the injury, and uh, the last score that he was responsible for made it 35 to 31, five minutes into the second half. So they were very much in the thick of that game uh, before Henn and Hooker went down and, and uh, they, they fell apart in, in the rivalry game. At the end of the season, kind of had the wheels fall off the bus. But you know, in games that he started and finished, they were ten and one. With the loss being to Georgia, and we were hopeful that we'd see him bounce back. And and he statistically showed up against South Carolina, but they they couldn't finish that game, uh, and he yielded to Joe Milton. And obviously, we know the results for for Tennessee, um, not costing themselves college football playoffs opportunity. So they'll play Clemson in the bowl game and Hendon unfortunately will not be a part of that. Uh, We're we're wishing to see him healthy ASAP, but the impact that he had as the trigger man allowed that to work to the way, to the degree in which it did. So Hennon Hooker got some love for me uh, while also acknowledging that the injury ultimately cost him a chance to be higher on the board.
0: Dwayne McBride did lead the entire FPS in rushing <laughs> with 1,713 yards, but very one-dimensional, didn't have any pass catching, only two catches for 10 yards. The player that takes the spot at number four didn't have as many rushing yards as Dwayne McBride, but did have 300 yards receiving, was almost a 2,000-yard all-purpose back. Texas running back B. John, B. John yeah! Robinson, number four on job, the Chris. list yeah. for me. Good job,
1: Chris.
2: I respect the hell out of it.
0: Um, Listen, I know they, I know they lost a bunch of games. so I can tell you whose fault it wasn't. I can tell you who didn't. Yeah. It wasn't the reason they lost. Bijan Robinson, dude had almost 1,900 all-purpose yards. Had I think 20 touchdowns, 18 rushing, two catching. Get him on the list.
2: Uh, respect it, man. Good choice. Uh, number three for me, I have Blake Corum, the running back from Michigan. Uh, this guy mowed through the Big Ten. I mean, mowed through him. Massive production every single week. Um, you hate that he wasn't there for the Ohio State game. Um, but like Kyle said, straw that stirs the drink for an undefeated Michigan team that has a chance to go win a national championship. And, um, you know, I know Donovan Green came in and, and played really well for them against uh, Ohio State. But this has been the Blake Coram show. And I I thought he was deserving of that three spot for me.
1: Number three. For me, Max Duggan, TCU quarterback. You look at the run that they had, you think about the situational football that was required for TCU to get to the point where they were undefeated going into the conference championship game and in that conference championship game itself to get to overtime and and the work that Duggan did to get them there. Uh, I I hated that they took the ball out of Duggan's hands down on the goal line with a chance to win that football game. Uh, But TCU, I I, I think it's safe to say, you know, you can have your questions about his forecast as a pro prospect, but from a college football quarterback perspective, TCU probably doesn't make the playoff without Max Duggan. And because of that, he has my respect, and he has my number three spot on my Heisman ballot.
0: I feel very comfortable being able to predict the last two pieces of Kyle's ballot. I've spent a lot of time with Kyle over the last, like, week or so i know how two and one go i already know i will talk when when kyle goes i'll try to predict ahead of time but for me i will not add any more because you guys have already mentioned him i have him at number three as well joe michigan running back blake horn for me so i went i got skill position players right now five through clean three clean sweep for me but yes clean blake horn on my on my list as well
2: coming in at number two for me is uh <laughs> is max dugan duggan i don't which one is do we know duggan I go okay. Duggan. TCU quarterback, Max. Uh, number two for me, Kyle, I think, um, brought, said it best when he said the situational moments that led to TCU being in the position that they're in um, is because of, of Max. And, and I, I know that maybe the the volume of passing yards isn't there, but 30 touchdowns passing, a big-time contribution as a runner as well. Um, just a lot of, I thought he carried them in a lot of moments this year, and like like you you mentioned, like this isn't about NFL draft rankings. This is about what this guy meant to his football team in college this year, and I'm really impressed. Number two for me,
0: I expect Kyle Chris, to put Chase Brown number two.
1: Number two on my ballot is Caleb Williams.
0: Oh, he put USC Caleb two.
1: Whoa. Caleb, I
2: legitimately have no idea who his one's going to be.
1: Okay, Caleb, go ahead. red hot, right? Red hot down the stretch. Um, respect the fact that he played through the, I think he used the analogy that his hamstring was a old rubber band at the end of the Pac-12 championship game. and So the uh, hamstring's in pretty tough shape. Uh, the, fear, the, the pure physical skill set is off the charts uh, as far as what he's able to go out and do on a weekly basis, throwing the ball and making plays happen. Uh, the offensive line has a couple of pro prospects. I, I think between Voorhees and the center, you've got two NFL guys this year. Um, obviously, Jordan Addison and his impact uh, cannot be understated. And Williams kind of steered the ship and had to score a lot of points in a lot of games to win a lot of points, and he did that. So C- Caleb from a... I expect Caleb to be the actual selection from the Heisman committee because he plays a, a Blue Blood program. He has been phenomenal. And because of that, uh, he, he's very high up on my list, sitting at number two.
0: Uh,
1: I'm in shock. I'm in shock that that's the way it went down. But I also have Caleb Williams number two.
0: And I thought Kyle was going to be, I know, I know Joe's got a number one. I mean, that's a spoiler alert. That's, yeah. that's who Joe's got. Number one, Based but on I have on number, number one on his
1: face right now. This is
2: tremendous. Uh, Cause I, I legitimately have no idea who either of you are going to have a number one. And there's a part of me that fears that your number one choice isn't even on my ballot. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't say no more. Surprise for both of us. Say, if say does, no if more. That's the case.
2: Uh, my number one, as correctly guessed by Mr. Schubert, is Caleb Williams, uh, quarterback from USC. Um, monster season. I mean, 4,000 yards passing, 37 touchdowns. What do you have, 10 rushing touchdowns, 800 more yards on the ground? I mean, uh, the guy just produced uh, big time this year. Unfortunately, but well, they just couldn't beat Utah, right? That that was the only thing. And it's hard to look at Caleb Williams and, and what he brought in, in those games and Feel like it, his, it was his fault. I mean, the first time they lost five touchdown passes, three hundred eighty-one yards, no interceptions. Uh, three hundred sixty-three yards this past time with with three touchdowns. He did have an interception, but I I um I think that was more about their defense kind of sucked. Um, and I think if if their defense shows up in either game, this might be a really uh, an easy decision, which is why it should be an easy decision because that doesn't have anything to do with Caleb Williams. He's awesome all year. He's my pick.
1: Number 1 for me. I'm going to read read a couple numbers to you guys, okay? 22, 37, 21, 22, 26, 35, 44, 35, 35, 26, 32 and 20. He did those the are the thing, Joe. Those touches are the per game per game touches for Illinois running back yep, Chase he did the Brown. Thing. I had him in the wrong order who finished this season just short of 1900 yards from scrimmage for the eight and four Illinois fighting Illini. And my favorite stat is up until the Northwestern game on rivalry weekend in which Illinois waxed them. Okay. They killed them. Chase Brown. Had 100 yards in every game, 100 yards rushing in every game except for the Purdue game on November 12th, in which he had 98 and also had two touchdowns that day. (laughs) Chase Brown put up 140 yards and five yards per carry against Michigan, who is the number three rushing defense in the entire country, averaging 85 rushing yards allowed per game. Chase Brown had 140. Chase Brown also went against the Wisconsin Badgers, who conceded 2.97 yards per carry and 103 yards per game, and Chase Brown popped them for 129 and 5.2 yards per carry. That is good for the 12th-ranked rushing defense in all of college football. Chase Brown also faced Iowa, the 13th-ranked rushing defense in all of college football, and Iowa averages 2.88 yards per carry conceded four rushing touchdowns all season and 104 yards per game. Chase Brown popped them for 146 by himself. Chase Brown also faced the Minnesota Golden Gophers, the 15th ranked rushing defense in all of college football. Minnesota conceded 3.71 yards per carry and 105 yards per game. Chase Brown popped them for 180 rushing yards by himself. For an eight and four Illinois football team, you heard the workload numbers. Dude had over three hundred and fifty touches this year, nineteen hundred yards from scrimmage, and went against some of the four of the best rushing defenses in the entire country. And he ripped every single one of them. Most outstanding player in college football. It's a very good case, Kyle. Very a yeah, case. case.
0: Joe, do you have a guess of who my number one is? brother um can you remind me of five through two i absolutely can rasheed rice Bijan john robinson blake quorum caleb williams i don't have a clue
2: is it is it a play like is it a did i have them on my ballot
0: you did have them on your ballot
2: oh okay well then do your thing
0: Max Duggan, number one for me in my Heisman ballot. Listen, part of the way that this works, at least for me, is... There's a, there's a narrative. There's a story to it. You have to back it up with statistics, but those other things matter. This is a guy that entered the season not having the starting job, took over, goes out there, and goes for 3,300 passing yards, adds 400 yards on the ground, is constantly the reason why TCU is able to make comeback after comeback after comeback, to be in the mix, to be in the, Pac- the Big 12 title game, to be in a position to be in the college football playoff. That deserves some love. And for me... That just nudges him just a little bit in front of Caleb Williams. You could flip either of those guys, and I'd be happy with it. But for me, I wanted to reward a guy who was a great story in college football this year. Max Duggan for me, number one. I I, guys, do you not agree that this is wide open? You could you could have a bunch of different names here at the number one spot.
1: I think it's a testament that we had three separate names. We did. Yeah. I
2: I thought about all. I didn't. I I okay. I feel stupid, but I didn't think. I didn't think about Chase Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I probably should have, huh? I thought about Hooker. I thought about Rice. I mean, we uh, a lot of players deserving
1: this year. It's fun that way. I'd rather have yes. it that way. Um, Joe, I, I, Chris, and I already spoke about it when they dropped the the final four. Do you have a prediction for the outcome? Caleb, I think Caleb wins it. What order do you think they finish in? Uh,
2: Caleb, Max Dugan, Stroud, Bennett.
1: I would be inclined to agree with, with Bennett and Forth, Stroud, and yeah, I, I think Stroud being at Ohio State and kind of meeting expectations, and I use air quotes there because we all know Ohio State fans are beside themselves that they lost yep. to Michigan because that's the standard. Um, Duggan doing what he did to elevate, and obviously Caleb having the statistical season that he did, I think that's your clear-cut top two. Chris,
0: I believe that Caleb is going to win. I believe they will have Max Duggan two, CJ Stroud three Stenson Bennett, four. I am in agreement with you guys. I don't like those four being the four that got picked. But if because those are the four, I think that's the way it, it
2: especially ends up. Bennett, like on what planet
1: is he, the, <laughs>
2: is he in this conversation?
1: I can't believe he got an invite versus right, some like, of the guys that they left at home.
2: Right. Any one of the guys we talked about.
1: Because the definition of the Heisman is what? The most outstanding player in college. Right. Football. and then there's It's the, not the most valuable and, player. in all the it's stuff. most outstanding. Yeah. And look, Stetson Bennett is he's a hell not, of a story.
0: No offense to Stetson Bennett. He's not the most valuable or the most outstanding on his own team.
1: Right. right. Brother, that list is
2: pretty long. That's a hell of a way to put it.
0: So either way, you want to cut the award.
2: I don't think Stetson Bennett yeah, qualifies. It's, it's a joke that he's there.
1: Well... We'll see how it plays out. But you have <laughs> our predictions here and now. So Kyle Krabs, Joe Chris Schubert, thanks to our friends over at BetOnline for their continued support of the show. Hope everybody makes it a great Thursday. Enjoy the game tonight. And we will talk with you all again tomorrow for Takes on Takes. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.
2: This is the story of The Want. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand